The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley. It's the Magnificent Montague, the Saturday night transcribed feature on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama, brought to you by Anison for fast relief of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, and by RCA Victor, the world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television. It's from them we hear this word. It will pay you to remember this name, the RCA Victor Regency. Yes, remember the Regency. Remember the Regency when you buy a television. If it's value you want, remember the Regency. If it's performance you want, remember the Regency. And if it's quality you want, remember the Regency. The world's finest television, RCA Victor's 17-inch million-proof television Quality proven in over 2 million homes. Television with the clearest, brightest, steadiest picture ever. And the Regency is more than a television set. Its superb console cabinet is a fine furniture piece too. A magnificent example of RCA Victor craftsmanship that you'll be proud to have in your home. The Regency is available now at your RCA Victor dealers. Ask for it by name. Yes, remember the Regency, the console television that brings you more for your money. Write that name down now, the RCA Victor Regency. And now, the Magnificent Montague. <laughs> Although Edwin, the Magnificent Montague, left the stage to become Uncle Goodhart, hero of an afternoon radio program, he has remained a member and moving force of the Proscenium Club, that stalwart organization of Shakespearean actors who live in an unemployed world of their own. All year long, the Proscenium Club waits for their one big event, their annual 4th of July picnic and outing at Shakespeare Grove. It's the morning of the great event, and the Montague apartment, his wife Lily and Agnes today, are making up lunch baskets. Got the mustard, mustard, Agnes mustard. Is very happy. Have you got the pickles, pickles, pickles? Have you got the relish, relish, relish? Have you? Agnes. Huh? Yeah, honey. Oh, good. You have the lunch baskets almost packed. What a picnic! Look at this food. Fried chicken, potato salad, deviled eggs, chocolate cake. Boy, are those ants gonna live. Everything looks so... Oh, wait a minute, Agnes. Oh, what, honey? I just remembered. Edwin hates deviled eggs. Well, so what? Well, it'll spoil the picnic for him. What picnic? Well, Agnes, isn't that lunch for the Proscenium Club 4th of July picnic? Are you kidding? This is for my picnic. Your picnic? Well, yeah. My social club, the unattached girls of East 37th Street's throwing one. Oh, dear. I thought that lunch was for Edwin. Ah, don't worry. I'll fix him one right now. Oh, good. Have I got the poison, poison, poison? Have I got the arsenic, arsenic, arsenic? Agnes. 
<clears throat> oh, why don't you come along with us? Oh, honey, please don't trap me into one of those outdoor memorial services. The proscenium club calls a picnic. But Agnes, it's always great fun. You know, the picnic with Edwin's old actor friends. Fun? With those stuffy old actors? Oh, Agnes, you know the picnics are very informal. Oh, a real love, fun-loving bunch of madcaps sitting around under the trees with their spats unbuttoned. Agnes, you know there's always swimming. Oh, now that's worth seeing. The swimming suits those old fogies climb into. Well, it may be a little conservative and old-fashioned, but... Well, whatever it is. It's the only place you can see a double-breasted bathing suit with a belt in the back. Oh, come on, Agnes. Oh, the campfire with those long, dull recitations from Shakespeare. And then your husband takes over with his annual rendering of Hamlet's soliloquy. Well, I can still hear the voice ringing through the woods. Hmm, it really gets him. Well, it must. Last year, 200 moose came running looking for mates. Oh, Agnes, you know, it just won't be the same without you. No, honey, I'm all set to go with the unattached girls of East 37th Street. The entertainment committee has lined up a boat ride all the way up to Bear Mountain, and the invitation says campfire, songs, and dancing. Oh, dancing at Bear Mountain? Then you all have dates. Dates? Those girls, are you kidding? Then who are you going to dance with? Oh, the bears, I guess. Oh, Agnes. Oh, wait till those bears get a load of my club. Well, there'll be an early hibernation this year. Oh, come on along to the Presidium Club picnic with us, Agnes. Edwin will be... Uh-oh, I hear him. He's out in the... Oh, now comes the warming of the magnificent Montague's tonsils. Air raid, go to your shelters. Agnes, please. <laughs> Good morning, Lily. Good morning, Edwin. Gad, you look lovely this morning, Lily. Good morning, Mr. Montague. Gad. Oh, now, Edwin, Agnes is very attractive this morning. Attractive? Lily, must she always wear those curls in her hair? Uh, what's she trying to attract? Lightning? Just look who's talking about beauty. The face with the hanging garden. Oh, please stop it, both of you. Oh, it's so nice to have a man around the house. And we're stuck with a monster. Ah, uh, Independence Day. This is the beginning of the fourth. Must we have a maid that sounds like she just had a fifth? Agnes, don't answer him. Just bring in Edwin's breakfast. Ah, oh, breakfast. My morning tussle with Tomei. Oh, stop picking on her. Besides, you have a big day in front of you. Right after your radio broadcast this afternoon, we're going to the Presidium Club annual picnic. Yes, Lily. Tonight, round the campfire with all my faithful friends of the stage round me, I can forget for a moment that I... The magnificent Montague deserted the theater for radio. From Hamlet to Uncle Goodhart, five times a week. Aye, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. My offense is rank, O oh, beauty conscience. Villainy, I am thy chief. Now, what do you want with your eggs, Ham? I, I mean, what do you want with your eggs, Ham? Oh, don't make over a slip of a tongue. 
Agnes, if that tongue of yours ever slipped, it would hit the ground. Oh, Hedlund, don't feel so guilty about going on with the radio. Tonight, when you give your annual reading of Hamlet's soliloquy, you'll once again be the magnificent Montague. Mm. Oh, don't think you'd better rehearse it, though, first? <laughs> I rehearse Hamlet's soliloquy? <laughs> well, shame on you, Lily. I know it like I know the back of my own hand. To be or not to be, that is the problem. That is the question. Uh, that is the question. Whether it is safer in the mind to... Nobler in the mind. The, the nobler in the mind to suffer the arrows and slings. Slings and arrows. Uh, slings and arrows of courageous fortune. Outrageous fortune? Outrageous fortune. Or to take arms against the pack of trouble. A sea of trouble. A sea of trouble. A mess of trouble. A mess of trouble. Agnes. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, quiet. <laughs> to die, to sleep, to sleep. Perchance to wake. Perchance to dream. Perchance to dream. Perchance to snore. Perchance to snore. <laughs> Lily, get her out of here. Quiet, Agnes. Now go on. I to sleep. To sleep. Perchance to dream. I there's the rug. Oh, bravo, Edwin, bravo. And you thought I forgot. Mr. Montague, you sure know it like the back of your own hand. Well, thank you. You must have been wearing gloves for 50 years. <laughs> Excuse me, Agnes, for exposing your delicate brain to culture. Uh, hereafter, with you in the room, we'll only quote from the racing form. Well, never mind, Agnes. Edwin, you sounded wonderful. They'll cheer you at the campfire tonight. Oh, I've got to get things ready for the picnic. Uh, wait, Lily. What is it, Edwin? Lily, I'm not going. What? Well, you haven't missed a Presidium Club 4th of July picnic in your whole life. I know, but Lily, this year I can't face it. Edwin. Lily, the club never found out I've deserted their ranks for the gold of radio. I'm not going. It's a mockery. Edwin, the Presidium picnic is more than just a group of Shakespearean actors having an outing. I know. It's the 4th of July. Well, it's more than just the date of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. It's where we first met. On the day it was signed. Hush, Agnes. Really? Now I remember. We did meet at the Presidium Club picnic. I was with the Garrett Gaieties at the time, and I came to the picnic with one of the fellas from the show. And I was playing King Lear. Now, what, uh, what girl did I bring? Uh, Betsy Ross? Please. Now, Oh, remember, we sat next to each other at the campfire, and we sang that big song of the year. Now, what was that? Uh, marching through Georgia. All right, Agnes. Uh, just for that, no kennel ration for you tonight. Oh, what a picnic that was. You were after me all day. How you flirted. Yes, <laughs> and how you ran from me. Oh, how you acted so coy. You played so hard to get. You were so hard to take. <laughs> Please, Agnes, these are our memories. Oh, Edwin, we must go to the picnic. Oh, Lily, we'll find the same tree we carved our initials in. That little brook that you carried me across. It's still there, Lily. The same tree, the same brook, the same moon, the same two people. You and I. Hello, young lovers, wherever you oh, are. Oh, quiet! <laughs> well, I just tried to help you recapture that mad moment. Ah, yes. 
We were mad. Mad? You must have been nuts! Really? When we see that little tree again where we carved our initials, something new is going to be hanging from it. Agnes. So then you're going to the picnic, Edwin? Am I promised a kiss in the moonlight from a certain beautiful lady? If a certain handsome and dashing gentleman is there to, say, carry a certain lady across the brook again, how could I refuse? I'll be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be sick. So help me, Lily. I'm going to kill her. You're going to be late for your broadcast, and we have to get ready for the picnic. I'll pick you and Agnes up right after my broadcast. Oh, Edwin, um, Agnes can't go to the picnic with us. She can't? No, she's going upriver with her friends. I knew it. The Kefauver Committee is back. <laughs> oh, no, Edwin. Agnes has an outing of her own to go to. You know, for the first time, she won't be with us. Shakespeare Grove and no Agnes? Lily, this really is going to be a picnic. Goodbye! We'll be back with Magnificent Montague in just a moment. If you suffer from pains of headaches, neuritis, and neuralgia, you should discover what many thousands have known for years, that Anison brings incredibly fast, effective relief. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Probably at some time, you received an envelope containing Anison tablets from your physician or dentist. Thousands of people have been introduced to Anison this way. Try Anison yourself the next time you suffer from the pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. You'll be delighted at how quickly relief can come. Anison is spelled A-N-A-C-I-N. Your druggist has Anison in handy boxes of 12 and 30 tablets, and economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100 for your medicine cabinet. Ask for Anison today. And now back to the magnificent Montague. With thoughts of the picnic on his mind, he's just finishing his Uncle Goodhart radio program. Let's have a listen. Come, come, Ronald. All fun-loving boys celebrate the 4th of July. Come shoot firecrackers, come light the sky rockets. You, Ronald, like to blow open bank saves. Dear listeners, this is just an example of the trouble you can get into on the 4th of July. That is why your Uncle Goodhart has been urging you to spend the 4th of July at home, safe from accidents, and you will live once again to greet the new day with your eyes aye into the sun and light. And so ends another episode of Uncle Goodhart. And now, stand by as we announce the lucky winners of the Uncle Goodhart Letter Writing Contest. The prize-winning letter on the subject, How I Would Spend the Fourth of July at Home with Uncle Goodhart, was written by Mr. and Mrs. Stonewall Patu of Hemlock Hill, Tennessee. Mr. and Mrs. Patu are on their way to New York, all expenses paid to fulfill their heart's desire. They will spend the 4th of July in the happy home of Uncle Goodhart. Okay, you're off the air, Mr. Montague. Good show. Oh, that was a beaut. 
How do I keep out of jail? I'll ask our director, Mr. Zinzer. Had a lot of heart to it, didn't it, Zinzer? Oh, yes, sir. It was a real doozer. Oh, shut up, Zinzer. Yes, sir. Uh, Springer, uh, what was he mumbling about? I, I distinctly heard the announcer say something about someone winning a contest about the 4th of July. Oh, you mean the uh, how I would spend the 4th of July at Uncle Goodhart's home? Yeah. How I would spend my what with whom? Zinzer, didn't you explain? Yeah, you tell him. Zinza. Oh, dear. Well, you see, Mr. Montague, the people who won the contest get to spend the 4th of July at your house. Don't hit me. Uh, Zinza, my home is not a one-night stand for drooling idiots dragged in from the hinterlands by flugel soap. But Mr. Montague, Mr. and Mrs. Patu won the contest in good faith. It was a national contest. The federal government has laws guaranteeing the prize. Good. Let the government be their host. Let them stay at Blair House. Mr. Montague, this will mean big trouble for you. Gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, I'm going out on a picnic today. Mr. Montague, you can't go out. You've been campaigning for people to stay home on the 4th. Yes, and we've announced the winner that would spend the 4th of July with you and, and everything that they mentioned in the letter. Get everything they mentioned? Oh, where's the letter? Read it. Oh. Oh, go on, Zinza. Well, it says, round about sundown, Ma and I would climb into our Sunday go-to-meeting clothes and show up at Uncle Dear Goodheart's diggings. Yes. And Ma would give Uncle Goodheart wife her own recipe for Southern Dixie goulash, which Aunt Goodheart would start cooking for dinner. Yes. And then we would sit all around the fireplace singing and gossiping and playing the melodeon and, and just sitting and listening to Uncle Goodheart's homey philosophy. Yes. Signed, Mr. and Mrs. Stonewall Patu. That's all, Mr. Montague. It is? Yes. Oh, no. If you think I'm turning my apartment into a sharecropper's villa... Mr. Montague, you have a contract. But I must go to my picnic. Mr. Montague, they're coming in by bus after two days and nights of riding. They'll be dead tired. Yeah, they'll probably fall asleep. Sleep? That's it. Uh, now, Zinza, when you get them off of that bus, I want you to take them sightseeing. Sightseeing? In this heat? They won't make it. Fine. Uh, when you arrive at my apartment with them at six o'clock, when I open the door, I want them to fall in out cold. Agnes, if there was any other way. Well, this is a fine time to tell me to cancel my picnic. Well, I got Agnes. a right to live. Agnes, I told you we were expecting Mr. and Mrs. Patu. Well, I think it's just shameful getting those people tired, just so we can walk out on them. And what did you want me to do? Sit around all night with them hog-calling? Well, Edwin and Mike killed them. We got Zinza and Springer with the Patus. Uh, come in. Zinza, Springer. Water. Water, please. Uh, grab him, Springer. Uh, don't let him fall. Agnes, a glass of water. 
Uh, Zinzer, are you all right? Um, I'm dehydrated, Mr. Montague. Walking, just walking in that oh. sun. Oh, easy, old man. Uh, there you are. Uh, where are the platoons? Uh, they're right here. Here's Mr. and Mrs. Patu. This is Uncle Goodhart. Well, howdy, Uncle Goodhart! <laughs> What's that? That's the rebel yell, Mr. Montague. He does it every ten minutes. My eardrums went on the third one. Zinza looks shot. You'd better get him out of here, Springer. Uncle Goodhart, begging your pardon, sir, but it gives me great pride to present my little lady, who I'm mighty, mighty proud of. Say hi there to my wife, Emmy May. Well, land sakes alive, I do declare. If last week any of y'all was to tell me I'd be in little old New York and meeting y'all, I would just say y'all just slap my chops and you better. All right, Emmy, that's good. You know, she's a little loose on the lips. <laughs> well, when do we start, Uncle? Uh, well, I guess you're kind of tired. If you'd like to lie down, the beds are all upstairs in the... That's mighty neighborly of your Uncle Goodheart, but if you don't mind, I think I'll just stand. Stand? Yeah, I've been riding on that bus for two days and three nights. Kind of saddle soft, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no. Why, Stonewall's just a born clown. Why, coming through Charleston, better come up here on the bus, and this stranger's sitting all smart and sassy, and the stranger just. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, she does. Go on, don't she? <laughs> Did the patoos arrive? Wow, good, good heart. Don't tell me this pretty little heifer saddling up to you as your wife ain't a good heart. Yes, this pretty little heifer is my wife. Lily and Mr. and Mrs. Patu. Well, welcome to New York and welcome to our home. I do declare, I don't thought when we left that little old Mason Dixon line, we left hospitality behind us and here y'all talk like you've known us all along. All right, all right, him is good. By the way, what are you women folks standing around for? <laughs> Get in the kitchen. <laughs> well, I got all the beds made and all. Oops, over here, huh? And this is Agnes. Well, well, well. And I'm having the honor of meeting the fair daughter of your family. <laughs> Mighty beautiful. <laughs> beautiful? Uh, my dear Mr. Patu, I do declare you're stretching Southern civility to the breaking point. Uh, this is Agnes, our maid. Good to meet you, ma'am. <laughs> well, I don't know why you women folks are standing around here gassing for. I'm hungry. <laughs> My stomach's hollering. Send it down, boy. Send it down. <laughs> well, dinner is, um... I'm going to eat on the fatoos tonight. Just like I said in our letter. Emmy May, fetch me my suitcase over there. The suitcase? Oh, uh, yes, sir. We brought our own vittles. Now, here you are, Mrs. Goodheart. In this suitcase is all the makings of Emmy May's Dixie Goulash. Yeah, it's chock full of cotton gals and turnip greens and hominy grits and fat back and chitlins and black-eyed peas. And for flavoring, a couple of squirrel heads. <laughs> now, careful when you open it up, though. It's been riding on top of the bus for about two days. A little hot up there might be just a little bit high. What's the matter, Uncle? You uh, look a little green. Well, uh, 
Uh, I'll, I'll be all right. <laughs> Can't wait to wrap them gums around it, can you? <laughs> Tell his missus how to make it, Amy May. Let's go, Agnes. Okay, uh, you don't mind if I eat the suitcase. Get Agnes. Now, now, I'll tell you what, let's sit by the fireplace. Like we said in the letter, we'll sing some of them oldies but goodies. Well, I'm afraid I... Here we go. In, in the Blue Mountains of Virginia. On the trail of the milksome pie. <laughs> Was a meal, yes, sir. How about it, Mr. Goodhart? There's still one good squirrel head left. No, 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 thank you. Ah, honey, you didn't taste enough to keep a bow weevil crawling. Oh. Whatever happened to Uncle Goodhart? He swallowed one mouthful, took off like a hound dog dipped in turpentine. Don't explain it to him, Emmy. He'll be out in a minute. Agnes, will you clear the table? Clear it. I wouldn't touch it. Oh, there's Uncle now. Uh, excuse me. I, I'm still a little shaky. Uh, Lily, would you step out here? What is it, Edwin? Lily, we've got to get them to sleep. Edwin, after the meal they just put down, they can't stay awake but for another few minutes. Lily, we've got to put them to sleep. Well, then, I know. Do your Hamlet soliloquy. That hasn't missed yet. <sighs> Look, I saw him yawn. I'll go back. Died after that meal. Uh, take this easy chair. I just sink into it. Usually after dinner, Stonewall usually just sits around sucking on his teeth with his belt off and his stomach just a growling and growling and growling. All right, Emmy. All right. I said, well, say we sing another song. How about that? Here we go. Uh, wait, wait, uh, you just relax, you just relax, and let me read you my philosophy like you said in your letter. Okay. Ever hear of a writer called Shakespeare? Shakespeare? Can you say the hell? Well, Emmy May here probably has. She was a high school teacher back in Hemlock Hills. Emmy May, you ever heard of Shakespeare? Oh, but I do declare we used to do a heap of reading out of that Sears of Robotics. All right, Emmy, all right. Yeah, Agnes, uh, you play the melodeon in the studio set, huh? Yeah, just like we asked for in that letter. Uh, go ahead, Agnes. Uh, stand by with pillows, Lily. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Patu, let me read you Hamlet's soliloquy. Uh, watch out there, Uncle. There's women in the room. Uh, relax, relax. Now listen, listen. To be or not to be, that is the question. That's pretty. That's mighty pretty. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream. Sleep already. Congratulations, that's a new record. Let's go. No, no, we gotta make sure they're asleep. Uh, Mr. Patu, uh, 
Mrs. Patoo? That's it. Lily, the lunch baskets. On to the picnic. Here, Edwin, let's go. Hurry, Agnes. Coming. Hear me, me. Yeah. Is that old goat and his wife gone? Darn tootin', mm-hmm. Boy, I thought we was gonna have to hang with them forever, golly. Oh, Stonewall, you ain't no dummy. I know, well now listen. Let's celebrate the 4th as it should be celebrated. Mrs. Patoo, if you'll take my arm, we'll go out and get loaded. That's a glorious 4th of July. Yeah! Listen again next week, friends, to The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley, the Saturday night transcribed feature on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by Anison for fast relief of pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, and by RCA Victor, the world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. The Magnificent Montague was written by Nat Hyken and Billy Friedberg. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the magnificent Montague from uh, KCAL. We appreciate you joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. And we want to introduce the cast because they worked really hard on this one. Here we go. Uh, as Agnes, Carolyn Threlkel, playing Lily tonight, Denise Klein, her husband, the magnificent Montague, Norman Klein. Also in the cast, I played Zinzer and Mr. Two. Lorette Blackford played my wife, Mrs. Patu. Our announcer and Springer was David Dameron. Handling our commercials tonight, Susan Clements and Connie Royce. We sure appreciate you joining us. We hope you're enjoying these Zoom recordings. We'll probably do it again. So, everybody, what do we do? Well, Good, night. Good night. Good night. Stay tuned.